0: Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, priviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. We have a great show for you today with an incredibly interesting guest. Former professional cyclist, Kara McVitty joins the show. Kira is a former professional cyclist from England and is currently host of a popular cycling YouTube channel. Cycling has taken her all throughout the world and through her YouTube channel, she's become an ambassador for the sport, promoting the benefits of cycling for people of all ages. On today's episode, she shares with us her cycling beginnings and how cycling is deeply embedded in her family. She also shares with us the locations that still have an emotional hold on her. And finally, Kara chats about why cycling is such a wonderful activity and sport and how it is beneficial across so many different planes. Really, really enjoyed my conversation with Kara. I learned a ton about cycling and definitely intrigued and inspired to do more and to learn more as she describes that The world would be a better place if more people cycled. Thrilled for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on Kira McVitie, cycling ambassador, and let's learn. You began cycling at an early age. So what do you remember about those early years on the bike?
1: Well, I come from a kind of cycling family through and through. So when I, I suppose my earliest memories are not really as cycling as a sport and more as just, you know, an activity that we did all together. Mm -hmm. So me, my mum, my dad, my younger brother would all just go cycling and sometimes my grandparents would come as well. So it was just all about just getting out and it was a nice kind of family activity. And that's kind of how I got into into the kind of racing side as well because, actually, I'm a fourth generation racing cyclist, which is pretty cool. So all the way back to like great great granddad um, was involved in kind of the racing scene, time trialing, track racing. So so yeah, so it was more it was just for fun when I started, just for fun and just with the family.
0: Being fourth generation. It's probably assumed that you were going to continue the legacy of cycling so with that was there was there ever pressure was there ever <laughs> like pressure that it was this was difficult to live up to all these generations was there ever pressure with that
1: i mean in terms of my family they 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 were racing cyclists but they were never you know doing it to a professional level so as much as they took it seriously and it was really important to them it was more about getting the best performance out of yourself so You know, my parents wouldn't ever be angry at me if I, like, didn't win or I didn't do, uh, you know, get a good result. They would just be like, just focus on doing the best performance for you. And, like, if you tried your hardest, like, that's all you can do. So I feel like I'm pretty grateful because that's a pretty useful, like, life lesson in general. Just, you know, um, it gives you a lot of perseverance (laughs) for sure.
0: (laughs) Now, you've mentioned that your most memorable time cycling was being a part of the UCI women's team. In 2016 so why was that so memorable for you?
1: Okay so 2016 was actually my first year as a professional. I guess it was memorable and big in a lot of ways. You know I, I started racing when I was about 12 years old with time trials and then I'd say I got more and more serious when I was about 14, 15. So by the time I joined in 2016 I was I want to say about 18, 19 years of age. So for me, it was a really big step up in professionalism, in you know, the equipment we got, the support that was provided. It was just super cool. And it was um, the first time I'd ever ridden for a professional UCI team. So just being in that little world was, yeah, massive contrast yeah. to, I guess, rising up through like amateur levels.
0: So what do you miss most about competing?
1: Um, Well, I, I still get involved a bit now. So I suppose that I still get to kind of let out my competitive spirit every now and again. But I'd say, you know, for me, I liked the, I guess that kind of world, you know, you're just kind of wrapped up in, in this lifestyle, you get to travel everywhere. And, you know, as much as like the training and racing is really hard, I loved meeting new people and just the experiences you get even just random things, you know, like you'd be, you'd, you know, I lived in Belgium for a bit racing and we ended up like learning like super basic um, Flemish and we'd just go to the sandwich shop every day. (laughs) But then we kind of like became friends with the sandwich shop lady. And it was just like, whenever she saw, she was just like so happy, even though we didn't really kind of understand each other or, or that sort of thing so I suppose just kind of the inconsequential like meeting people um yeah, yeah going to the most random places that you would never visit any other reason so so yeah I think that <laughs> that's why
0: well the last year has been emotionally difficult for many especially athletes who haven't been able to be around the sport but cycling might be a little different because you're, you're by yourself and you are socially distanced naturally so for you how has cycling changed for you over the last year and then how did you handle all the emotional challenges that came with the year
1: oh i mean it's been a tough one so now i am a youtuber so i've kind of transitioned from the kind of elite side of cycling so what cycling means to me in the last couple of years has been very different to when i was racing um but I you know as part of my job as a as a cycling youtuber I go to a lot of these events I'm involved with teams um helping do social media PR all sorts of random things and when you don't get to see your weird kind of circus traveling bike family and (laughs) there's no events it is it is difficult but I guess in terms of this year I have had to kind of pivot myself and my business so I guess that being a YouTuber I'm quite fortunate in the fact that if I make more videos then I can you know I can can change the way that I that I kind of make my living so it's been difficult because I both from making content in terms of like there's a lot less going on and also in terms of just having to change the focus of what you know what my you know business goals are because usually you know the way that it works is that I go to all these events and kind of document them for for my youtube channel and along with that I get to meet all these amazing people so it's it's been a little bit sad <laughs> but I'm trying to not um get too bogged down with it you know just focusing on what I can focus on like what's in my control
0: Exactly, control the control of rules You have cycled all across Europe. Which of the locations do you still have the strongest emotional attachment to? The ones you still think about for whatever reason?
1: Oh, I mean, there's lots of amazing, amazing places. I'd say in terms of kind of the feels, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've done a few, a few trips to the Emilia-Romagna region mm-hmm. in Italy. And just in terms of like, the passion of the people, the food, um, the culture, the roads, like there's so much good stuff that I feel like if you were gonna just go to one place, it ticks a lot of boxes and they have loads of cycling infrastructure, whether you just wanna go ride e-bikes or whether you wanna go mountain biking or whatever kind of cyclist you are, they've got a good option. Um, And yeah, nice wine, nice food, no complaints, good weather. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, Italy in general is great. I also love Tuscany. Um, but yeah, currently I'm in Girona, which is also a great place for cycling.
0: Did you have any favorites that you got to experience just as a tourist? I know that your time is, is tight and you don't have a lot of times to go explore, but the times you can purely be a tourist and not have cycling. or there any locations? That? Purely
1: be a tourist? Purely a oh. p- tourist only, yeah. Honestly, the best kind of long weekend I've ever done um with no bike was i went to malta um which is yeah. i think it's i can't remember exactly where it's a small little island anyway it's absolutely beautiful place and i don't know i just we ended up um me and my fiance went for like a long weekend no bikes we just like did the whole like I think there was like a jacuzzi in the room or something, you know. So we went like the full night yards because um, <laughs> we don't really do holidays very much because we travel quite a lot. Um, and we ended up going to this like amazing mozzarella place. I know that sounds really strange, but <laughs> they had like all these handmade mozzarellas and we basically just ate cheese constantly. And on one of the nights we ended up going on like a night out with the whole of the Vans marketing team by accident. So basically Jake and I are quite, you know, we're quite into kind of skate wear, although I don't know, I'm not very good at skating. (laughs) And, um, yeah, like, so we both had some new Vans shoes on and we were just like playing pool in a bar and, someone came up to us and was just like, oh, are you on the Vans, I don't know, sales, marketing, end of year trip? And we were like, no, like, what's going on? And then we just kind of ended up like, becoming friends with like all these people and um bless them they said that when we got back to the uk they sent us a vans t-shirt each which was very sweet of them very cool. very cool but yeah it was just like one of those random trips where if we went back we, there's no way we could kind of replicate yeah. that kind of craziness and just in terms of also they've got some really cool like ruins architecture um, it's, you know, lo- lovely sea, sunshine, that sort of thing. And yeah, I would check out the mozzarella, although i am now dairy free, which is really sad. So <laughs> I can't be having any, I found out I was lactose like, intolerant, which made me really sad.
0: <laughs> I just hope it wasn't because of all the mozzarella you consumed. I hope it wasn't a Do You know what? It,
1: it probably was. It probably <laughs> was all the mozzarella. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mentioned that that was a time you said, you know, you got away, there was no bikes. So for you, is that hard to go a few days without a bike or was I mean, it completely relaxing?
1: I I mean, it's kind of a, weird to compare it to now because at the minute I, you know, sometimes I'm not riding. I'm not, I probably only get out maybe three, four times a week. Okay. Um, and, you know, if it's a really busy week with work, then maybe I probably only get out on the weekend. Um, so now it's slightly different, but. At the time I was still riding a lot more. So it just it's just purely because when I'm normally working, I'm I'm taking every job, I'm traveling, and the thing with YouTube is you know you're making videos every single week. So you can't <laughs> you can't have like just a month off, a week off, um, unless you're massively ahead of yourself in terms of in terms of content. So so yeah, I'd say as much as I love my job, it is pretty full on especially like for the summer Um, but uh, yeah I mean usually after Christmas it's quite quiet so I tend to be able to sneak off (laughs) for a semi holiday but yeah usually my holidays are working holidays.
0: (laughs) Uh, In your career you are essentially an ambassador for the sport so what would you tell someone who was curious maybe just wanting to get started what would you tell them of the benefits of why they should pick up cycling?
1: So I think with cycling, it's one of those sports that I believe anyone of any fitness or age could get involved with. Uh, You know, it's, it's not a massive, it's not a weight bearing sport. So, you know, people who are older can still do it. You know, I know a lot of runners who end up coming over to cycling because as they get older, you know, or they've had an injury or something. Um, so I think cycling is just a general great all-round sport and also with cycling you know if you're a beginner you just think cycling in general Um, but when you get more and more involved in the sport there's so many different niches of cycling that mean that depending on your personality you could get into fixed gear or gravel riding or cycle speedway or BMX or mountain biking or there's so many different options when it comes to cycling so I think that based on that, I feel like everyone can enjoy riding a bike and it's a great way to reduce, you know, reduce our CO2 emissions, it's better for for health. I just feel like most problems would be saved by riding a bike, you know, so <laughs> maybe I'm biased on that, but I think it, there's, a, there's a massive point on health, there's a massive point on transport and yeah, it's it's pretty fun as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You've mentioned your YouTube channel. What's the premise of this channel and what can viewers expect?
1: So originally, four years ago, I started my channel and it was to follow alongside my professional career. So I was documenting all these women's races that at the time, half of them you couldn't see on the TV. So I didn't want to complain about the inequality. I wanted to try and promote women's cycling and get more people interested in my team, what we were doing and, you know, just kind of bring people along for that journey because there wasn't really much opportunity four years ago to see, see a lot of that and the behind the scenes. Um, But I would say as my channel has kind of grown and evolved and as I've moved away, it's it's as much as it is about promoting women's cycling, it's also about inspiring people as a whole to get into cycling. So a lot of the content is kind of cycling vlogs, day-in-the-life things. I also do a couple of like challenges, um, and I'm actually starting a podcast. It goes out this Saturday, the first one. So I'll be talking to different cycling people from both inside the industry, riders people who are involved some way in cycling and telling their story. So yeah, there's loads of loads of stuff on there. There is some beginner content, but a lot of it is just kind of, I guess, lifestyle selling the experience of cycling and sharing travels, adventures, different challenges and rides. So <laughs> I that's a pretty long explanation, but go check it out for sure. There might be something you might you might like.
0: <laughs> so looking forward in a 2021, what are your, your projects, your goals, your plans for the year?
1: I mean, it is such a tough one at the minute, I'll have to say in terms of knowing my specific goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I am in discussion with like a couple of different events at the minute so I will definitely be going and doing cycling events going to races getting some behind the scenes stuff it's basically like a, you're a massage therapist cycling team but you're also kind of after so you have to be at the end of the race Warm clothes and food, and you have to make sure that before the race everything is like ready and they've got all the things they need. Um, so I'm hopefully going to be doing some races with Drops, which is a UCI women's team, a British women's team. Uh, so I'll see things like that and also I have plans to maybe do some mountain bike racing, some gravel racing, but I suppose that's more just for my own fun and fulfillment, um, rather than a super serious goal yeah. so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens i think that stuff will open up it's just going to be a case of what like how how much can open up because i think for example the stuff with drops the women's team that will go ahead without spectators but then in terms of like the more mass participation events that i would maybe do i'm not sure like whether they will be able to go ahead but there'll be something, something will be (laughs) happening and I'll be
0: there. There'll be something, that's for sure. So how can people stay up to date? What is the name of the podcast, the name of the channel and social media? How can they all stay up to date and follow you?
1: So, my name is Kira McVitie. So, check out how you spell that in the description because it gives people some trouble. Yeah. Um, so, Kira McVitie is my YouTube channel. The podcast is the Kira McVitie podcast. And I'm Ginger underscore biscuit on Instagram because I made my username when I was about 12 as we all do, you know, everyone's got that dodgy Hotmail MSN (laughs) name that they made when they were really little. Um, So (laughs) I've just kind of stuck with it. Um, And yeah, if you're not from the UK and you don't know, McVitie, my surname is similarly spelled to McVitie's biscuits, which are a staple. (laughs) Brilliant. All right. Lovely. Well, thanks so much.
0: Awesome. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Kira. Be sure to check out her YouTube channel and give her a follow on Instagram, ginger underscore biscuit. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.